listening to Loud on the Set with Kyle and James. A level-headed movie critic meets a loudmouth movie cynic. And action! All right, welcome back to the show. My name is Kyle. This is James. And today, James, what are we doing? Life-changing movies. Whoa. That's a tall order. Yeah, Kyle. Movies that changed our lives. Not just our lives, but the lives of our friends, family, and fans. Wow. Kyle, this really is a mega mailbag episode. Yeah, absolutely. You want to know why? Tell us why. Because we posed this question to people. We did indeed. Hey, do you have any movies that changed your life in any way? No big deal. And (laughs) the responses we got back were tremendous, Kyle. It's kind of surprising. Surprising. Yeah. We have so much to talk about right now. You know, and only fodder. For me, I don't know about you, but for me, only one person was like, nah, (laughs) movies have had no impact on my life. And then on second thought, like, well, maybe there was this part, you know, but yeah. yeah. So today we're talking about life-changing movies. For better or for worse, movies have changed your life in some way. And James, this was an idea that you came up with, so I'm going to let you start us off. All right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read, a, I'm going to read some, some listener mail, some life-changing moments, life-changing movies. And then at the end of the episode, Kyle and I will share ours, right? You have some life-changing movies? Yes, I certainly I have some do. Life- so let's get into it. Absolutely. I'm going to shout out to Sonia real quick. Sonia! Sonia! Why? Because you've been on the show before, Sonia, and you were the first one to respond. Mm-hmm. And Sonia gave us two, Kyle. Jaws... Because the f- I wonder how it changed her life. <laughs> well, I'm gonna. We also asked people why. We, we yes. said, give us the movie and the why. So here's the movie Jaws. The why, because she said the fear and the awe of sharks that this movie inspired with her, um, moved her to study them. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And the second one was for her Planet of the Apes. I don't really understand this one. Maybe you can help me out with your with your commentary. Her second one was Planet of the Apes because it inspired her to social justice. <laughs> What the fuck? Planet of the <laughs> Planet How? Is, indeed. Planet of the Apes is incredibly uh political. It's uh-huh. I mean it's a big political allegory and there's uh, I mean every aspect of it is in one way or another. And what she was talking about was it inspired her to kind of be a social justice warrior, to you know, fight for what's right and stand up for the good aspects of society and equality. And, uh, and and that for all. So I think she was inspired by that story to, to do that. Get your paws off me, you dirty Get ape. Get dirty ape. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never seen the movie, Kyle. All I remember is The Simpsons. That's incredible. The, the, you have to see the movie. I haven't even seen the remakes. Let's watch. Uh, you, let's have you watch the original and we'll do a retro review because it is timely in this world that we live in now to talk about. All right, so here's the that. that was Sonia. Thanks, Sonia. Yes. Boom. So I'll bump it back to uh, to one of our friends, Cassie, for a moment, because Cassie uh, was one of the people that said, no, you know, <laughs> no, <laughs> real movies really haven't had a big impact on my life. And uh, to that, I say bravo. <laughs> because it means you found inspiration in lots of other places. But one that she did have, The Secret of Nim. Oh, yeah. Have you seen this film? I grew up watching it I've a seen ton, it as Kyle. well. Yep. And uh, fear, terror, that those emotions as a child, she said, watching this, uh, and kind of that being the first exposure. Because that movie gets heavy. Oh, yeah. It gets crazy heavy. 
I don't think that movie gets made nowadays because no. it's, it's also political. It call it names names. It does. It calls out a whole government agency. And it's a yeah, absolutely. And it's a great example of where kind of like with Watership Down, you're you're setting everybody up for something that they are not ready for with your cute little animals and your mice hanging out and then seeing them basically get drowned in mud under like a giant like rock at the end and you're like, what the fuck? Like, nobody's prepared at that age to handle no. that. And they're tested on it early on too. They're mm-hmm. injected in, oh God, yeah. Traumatizing, yeah. yeah. All right, thanks, so Cassie. So intense life <laughs> Life-changing movie. Oh, yes, wow. for the worse. And you know, it's funny because we started with Sonya talking about Jaws. I think if you could peg one movie as changing more people's lives than any other, you could look at Jaws. I had a Lyft driver just the other day. We're here in San Francisco. Said that she's lived in San Francisco for going on 25 years. And since she saw Jaws and then moved to San Francisco, she has never gone in the ocean. And she lives like two blocks away and like won't do it. Because she's petrified by, by Jaws, and that's something that I've heard from other people too. Like they will not, at any point, go in the ocean anymore because of Jaws. Had a profound impact on a lot of people. James is giving the face like, "What adult, <laughs> pansy people." Inside joke. There. All right. Um, next up is my man Hassan. Hassan, one of our newest fans to the show, Kyle. He also responded, and he said, Fight Club, one of your favorites. Fight Club. <laughs> Interesting. And I asked, why? 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 So How did this change your life? And he says, the scene outside the convenience store. Do you remember Brad Pitt's character accosts the uh, the clerk at the convenience store, takes his license oh, and says, Oh, yes. You know, he essentially makes him confront all of his, uh, mm-hmm. his insecurities about what he could be in life and right. if I come back in such and in one year and find out that you're not a vet I'll kill you or something like that because uh-huh. he takes his license I said wow Hassan alright <laughs> so like, did, did that similar happen inspire to you? him? <laughs> was that terrifying? well I, I mean I guess it's the whole um, go do uh, it or don't yeah shit or get off the pot yeah so there you go, son. Life-changing movie mo- movie moment for Hassan was Fight Club, movie. the convenience store. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I talked to uh, one of our. Oh, you know what? What? Hang on a second, because we are no. getting we are getting a call in. Get we the let, fuck we out let of people here. know we'd be talking about this, and we got a call. Call so into the studio. Who is it? Let's see. Hello. Hello. <laughs> It is loud on the set. Is this Allie? This is. Wow. Long-time listener, first-time caller. (laughs) Allie, welcome uh, virtually to the show. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm good. You're welcome. Welcome from the train. Ooh, excellent. Now, Allie, we were just sitting here discussing life-changing movies. Do you have any movies that have changed your life, and in what way? I think I have a few, yeah. Um... The first that comes to mind for me, and let it be known, this is not representative of my favorite movies, um, <laughs> K-Pax, starring the one and only Kevin Spacey. Wow. K-Pax! Uh, <laughs> I'm going to need an explanation on K-Pax. Yeah, you know, I don't really know how it started, but um, I watched it, like, many times. Like, maybe ten. <laughs> um, and I, I don't I don't know why. It's like, I mean, it's a good movie, you know, but it's not amazing. But is that the one where he eats the banana with not without peeling it? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Does he ever? Yeah. So how did this change your life? 
shit so many times, which just ah. seems like a weird thing for me. But also, um, are you familiar with the the plot of the movie? Generally speaking, yes. Yeah. So he, you know, uh, tells everyone that he's an alien. He's from Planet K-Pax, and the whole buildup. And as you know, as a young person, I was so hoping that they were going to reveal that, like, yes, he is an alien traveled to this planet on a beam of lights. Spoiler alert coming. Here we go. <laughs> made you want to watch that so many times <laughs> i don't know <laughs> okay just one of those things that that totally fits the bill because these are life-changing things and a lot of what i'm seeing on people's lists and on my own lists are movies where a lesson or some sort of something that reflected in my life at the time uh rang very true so that is right. that is very fitting did you have any other yeah. ones exposure a good lesson yeah. that you can find like some quality films amongst probably what your family was hoping to avoid which was a garbage factory of overproduced slime that would rot your brain yeah, maybe that's where <laughs> well i i have a quote here from ali may i read your quote ali you may her you know because this is the mailbag the quote is wow cute quirky movies do exist <laughs> All right. is, is that about Eternal Sunshine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, I think that was also like, you know, the whole 500 Days of Summer and that whole Manic Pixie Dream Girl collection of movies. Ah, yes. The Manny, Manic Pixie Dream Girl <laughs> scenario. Yeah. Yes. All right, Allie, give us your last one, Allie. All right. This is an addendum to my list. Um, James, you mentioned this earlier today when you're asking for Josh's list, but... Forgetting Sawyer Marshall, I lost my virginity to that movie. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, folks! <laughs> Loudnessetic, right. gmail.com. Jesus, Allie! Okay, you don't have to go into great detail about it, but was this a good or bad experience? <laughs> Oh my god! How do you, how do you feel? Just tell me how you feel about the movie now after this experience. Um, I have not watched it since. Okay, that's all I need to know. Well, oh Allie, my god. this might have been the the best uh, call on the show that we've ever had. So. Might have. Oh my god! <laughs> it's clearly a front runner. Thanks, guys. The Thanks front runner. Wow, that is excellent. Allie, thank you so all much. All right, Allie. Thanks, Kyle James. Okay. See ya. Have a great day. <laughs> I can tell you wholehearted and honestly that I was never expecting that. To... Kyle, 
if our friends and fans didn't believe us before, they'll believe us now. Oh, Unscripted. Man. Yep. So little planning at times. Wow. That good was, God. That was good. All right. Oh, uh, there's no clean segue here. You know how during uh, – well, there's a segue to a completely different topic. The first couple of podcasts oh, we did together – there were some pretty memorable highlights, you know, things to pull out of Ant-Man and Jurassic <laughs> World. And there's been a period recently where we've had a lot of big discussions and we've talked about, you know, we've done reviews of movies and stuff and there's funny moments. I think that's our, our solid highlight for the past, like, maybe 60 to 80 episodes. The life of the podcast so Kyle, you it stands uh, up there with Jurassic World. Oh, my God. It's, it's Ali... You know, we'll we'll move on after this. We'll thank move on. you, but Allie. thank you. That, look for that in Best of Loudness at Volume Three coming we, soon. We are getting you in the studio like oh, yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> All right, Kyle, I'm gonna keep it going. Oh, keep it rolling. Check this out. Um, l- next next listener mail. Yes, comes from Kev. Kev, you know our boy Kev. Yeah, and uh, he sends. He goes, oh, uh, huh, good question. <laughs> you know, and then he thinks about it, and then he goes, uh, how about Poison Ivy Two? Because it's the first time I saw Alyssa Milano topless. <laughs> Kyle, you got to understand Life something. Life changing. Kyle, you have to understand. That is so priceless. And I'm going to tell you why right now. Growing up, being young Brooklyn boys, being from New York, growing up watching Who's the Boss, seeing Alyssa Milano all over the place. She was like the hottest dream girl. She's from Brooklyn too, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Well, either way, she's like she's like the dream girl of the, of the, of the 80s for prepubescent boys like us. <laughs> She was like the hottest thing ever. And so for my brother to be like, the first time I saw my dream girl naked, like, <laughs> Poison Ivy 2? I can't even believe you remembered that. I I have no idea even what that movie is or <laughs> that it existed. But oh. bravo, Kev. Yeah, thanks, Kev. That was a good one. Kyle, you're uh, up. The world has changed a lot since then, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, one of our friends, uh, Jackie. Uh, Jackie mentioned that she thanked the Lord of the Rings as being a life-changing experience because it was her realization of a complete investment in the nerddom and that she was a nerd and that she felt proud and that she was immersed in the culture and that there was a culture out there and that she could be in and being accepted for that. And I think that that's probably something a lot of people felt community around with a lot of these things that were, you know, old books and weird sci-fi stuff. And I think Star Wars kind of launched the more popular culture of that that sort of scenario. And then Lord of the Rings took it to a whole new level for, for everybody else in terms of three-hour-plus films back-to-back in the theater for a few years on end wow. coming in. So complete investment in nerd culture. All and right. Jackie, I'm right there with you. Thanks, Jackie. I went to see that with one of my good friends from high school. And uh, I could say we were both nerds, and she'd be comfortable with that. Laura, she's been on the podcast multiple times. Laura, we we prescribed something for Laura. Oh, and she got back to me about that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. All right, we'll we'll talk about it later. Yeah. All right, on a similar point, well, you know, we're getting a little bit serious here for a second. We'll get back to the jokes. Mm. Uh, Sarah. Well, somebody else will have to tell us they lost their virginity to another movie. Oh, good God. Oh, my God. You know, Life-changing you know, I just, movies. I just threw that out. I mumbled it even. I didn't say it loud. I was like, mm, you know, as an example. Anyway, someone took me up on it. Um, <laughs> Sarah. Sarah says that the movie of the musical Rent was a life-changing movie for her. And why? And we're getting serious here. Uh, because it was one of the first times that she saw the immersion in the queer lifestyle. Mm-hmm. A movie full of queer folk. 
Yeah. Can I say that? You can. I and, did. And <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. And like, you know, celebrated in, celebrated, in a way yeah. that's that wasn't like seeing demoralization or oppression. It was a, I mean, there's oppression in it, of course, just for the subject matter of the show, but a, a celebration of, of uniqueness and queer life. And, and yeah, that was great. Yeah. And here, uh, Sarah has a couple of additional comments in her mail here. Uh, she loves musicals. So that's go. another reason why. And then she wanted to add something else. Life-changing movies, a genre. Horror movies, Kyle. Ooh. Why she says she... Sarah says she hasn't seen a horror movie in over 10 years because the imagery gets locked in her head of whoever, Freddy, Jason, Michael uh-huh. Myers, fucking Chucky, whatever, right? And they return to they return to her in the form of nightmares. Yeah. That shit's Yeesh. real. Babadook. Babadook. <laughs> Sorry, you want to come watch the Babadook? Oh, the Babadook, man. By the way, I saw the Babadook. You did? Yeah, we could talk about Let's it. Let's review it. All right. Um... Yeah, I think that that, you know... I have one word for you with the Babadook. Yes. Before you get to analyzing Sarah. Poor Ravel. Poor Ravel. There's a hint for you. There's a, <laughs> there's, there's a hint of what my review would be. Poor Ravel. All right, go ahead. <clears throat> uh, uh, horror. Yeah. yeah. There's so much horror in the world nowadays, too. And, uh, and I mean, there always has been. But the specific type of horror that is shown and... You can turn on, I would argue that things like CSI and Law and Order are more horrific than, you know, goofy slasher movies and stuff like that. But it's all the same, peanuts and bread, whatever. What? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you just making up idioms? Just making it. It's all food, right? <laughs> but It's, it's it, all Kuvet Doritos! There's, there's enough stuff out there to enjoy that, you know... Some people might find enjoyment in, in watching stuff like that, but it's certainly not where I go to first for when I'm looking for movies. Gotcha. Like that. All right, all right, I agree. So I get that. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's talk about our friend Jen, disaster movie Jen. Mm. Jen has some life-changing movies on here, neither of which were disaster films. The first was The Big Lebowski. The Big Lebowski and just getting a, uh introduction from her father into a cult classic and being involved in that. Um, another one that she mentioned was The Jerk, and it was a perfect, wow. and I'll tell you why this She's is young hilarious. She's young for that. She's kind of young for that. Yeah. She is young for that yeah. because her dad put it on, and she said it was the first movie that she can remember is it being turned off about halfway through because her mom pulled the kibosh on it and sent nice. it on its way, and I can absolutely identify that because there have absolutely been movies where, and I think we mentioned it with the Goonies and stuff, where I think my dad had some rose-colored glasses about some of the films, and you know, you forget little stuff that's in it, but then once one of those lines pops in, my mom was like, nope, we're done. That's it. And that was the end of that. So movies getting turned off halfway through and realizing that maybe your parents weren't both on the same page about that. Can I piggy on that you one real piggy. quick? <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for always indulging me on that one. Uh, real quick, back to the Duke. I watched it with Kev. Oh, yes. And he made the parental decision. It was on Halloween to say, you know what? I'm going to let my daughter watch this one with us. And she's 12, I think. Uh-oh. I'm a good uncle. I don't even know how fucking old she is. Anyway, she's 12 or 13. Uh, if you remember what the mother starts doing at one point early on in the Duke to um, overcome her loneliness, my brother Kevin's so funny, man. He's like, 
He's like, all right, that's it. Pauses the movie, like, go to bed. You know, like, sends his daughter upstairs. And I go, yeah, I, I got to watch parenting in action. There you go. He clearly wasn't ready to expose her to flicking the bean. Uh-huh. Flicking the bean. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. There you go. All, all right, right, all right. Anyway, Straight get back on track. The, the Coney Island robot. <laughs> flicking the bean. Flicking the bean. All right, uh, let's, let's get a couple more out there. Uh, real quick, shout out to Cheryl. 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 We'll get you in the studio one time, Cheryl, because she's a lover of movies. Yes. Um, Cheryl dropped one real quick on me without hesitating. She said, Toy Story. I said, why? She said, because it inspired me to become an animator. Oh, that's awesome. Boom. There you go. And I knew you'd appreciate that. Absolutely. Okay. What else do I got here? Oh, our other friend, uh, Elise, mentioned that movies that ruined her life and the lives of those around her. Star Trek Into Darkness. Oh. What? Why? Seemingly innocuous, you know, reboot blockbuster film. Well, it was the fact that Elise is such a diehard Star Trek dedicated fan that seeing the bastardized version sequel of Star Trek Into Darkness and she went on a she went on a good long speech and in fact I have endless details to give you and I won't go into it because the reason it ruined the lives of her husband and those around her including Jackie as well <laughs> is that she would not stop talking about it for weeks on end and she is still banned. Uh, from talking about Star Trek Into Darkness in their apartment because of how upset she gets about it. She went on an epic rant. It ruined her. She said that it, it like, took something that she loved and totally demoralized, defaced, and, and I use that word again, but bastardized it, turned it into something completely, completely awful. I could see, I could, I, I, I understand where she's coming from. I'm not a big Trekkie fan or anything, but I understood what that movie was, and that was just a cheap destruction of, of of source material you know uh-huh. so little respect <clears throat> <Stop Hobbit>. it. <laughs> <laughs> all right kyle i want to who am i going to next let's see siobhan siobhan oh man she recorded an intro for us years ago it uh-huh. seems like and doesn't want to come to the studio but whatever <laughs> we're gonna get her in here. <clears throat> and she listed a life-changing movie for her as the royal tenenbaums oh that's a good one i never saw it but she goes oh it's a west anderson film and and uh, Wes Anderson films, the Royal Tenenbaums, like, moved her towards liking that genre. All right. And she said something about her first real boyfriend asked her out shortly after she saw that movie. So I guess it's a, it Memorable. marks a period of time for her. There you go. The Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah. All right. We're seeing that more and more with all of these. Um, Thanks, Siobhan. That's excellent. Yep. I love Wes Anderson. And seeing uh, the, my first Wes Anderson film changed my movie-watching life. I don't know if it changed my life-life, but uh, it certainly exposed me to a world of film I had never been exposed to before, which is like the art house kind of scene. Mm. Um, and uh, it's very unique, so that's, that's excellent. Um, <clears throat> friend Elizabeth said to kill a mockingbird because it was an introduction into morality and more upon that point that you need to stand up for things you don't believe in and you can't just go along with it because it's conventional wisdom or is status quo you have to stand up and you have to call it wrong when it's wrong and support what's right and i think yeah for that's a a perfect example. I think they show To Kill a Mockingbird in like schools and stuff now to this day. You know, because reading is so <laughs> <laughs> out of the picture. <laughs> but it is a great morality lesson and uh, and and 
I enjoy that as well. If they could just if they could just boil that book down to a series <coughs> of tweets, I'm sure it would be. <laughs> Fucking god. Anyway, a uh, similar point. Our main man, Josh. Josh. Yeah, Josh. He, he sent us an extensive list. I might not get through all of them, but in a similar way, sort of changing of a worldview. <clears throat> Life changing movie for him, Doctor Strangelove. Mm, I have that on my list, coincidentally. And his reason was <clears throat> because that's where he sort of had his eyes open to the possibility that leaders are fallible. That is exactly why I put it on my list. All right, there you go. I never saw it. You haven't seen it? No. Oh, it's brilliant. It, the, it's on my list for another reason I'll talk about it. Uh, well, I can talk about it right now. Yeah, go for it. Um, the introduction into my life of, uh, of oh, my God, I can't even remember his name. Peter Sellers. Peter Sellers uh, of Pink Panther fame, original Pink Panther. He's a incredible comedic actor, just knocks it out of the park. And I believe I'd seen Pink Panther before this point. But I got introduced to this knowing that I liked the Pink Panther and that the guy that I liked, Peter Sellers, played multiple roles in this film. And I was curious to see if they'd be anything like the Pink Panther Inspector Clouseau. And they were not. He plays three completely unique, amazing roles in the film and is an amazing chameleon of an actor. It was complete brilliance. And as an actor and a lover of film and comedy... That just shot up the charts and changed my life in that way. Wow. Yeah. Peter Sellers is the real deal. Check it out. If you had a bean, you might flick it to him. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) All right. Well, we're running down the clock here, so I want to hear some of yours, and I'll give you some of mine. Wait. Let me do one more guess. Okay. One more. One more guess. guess Because she she was good enough to to cooperate. Tracy. 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 Oh, I want to hear what Tracy has to say. Exactly. Tracy gave me a lot, but I'll do... Four quick ones from Tracy, because we can react to them. The Breakfast Club. Mm. She says, growing up in the 70s and 80s, many of these John Hughes films shaped my teenage years. All right, I like that. Every girl I knew wanted to be Molly Ringworld and had a crush on Emilio, Judd, or John Cryer. All right. No, Breakfast Club is great. I love The Breakfast Club. Classic. Uh, She also has on the list, I'm going to skim the list even more, actually. Brokeback Mountain. Mm, There you go. I'm a huge fan. You are. You know it. First film that explored hidden Forbidden love that was unexpected and salacious. Ooh, I agree. Kind of the same vein as Rent. And then, yeah. And then uh, her last one that I'll read for today. We'll bank the rest. Arrival. Oh yes, the one we have gotten so much shit for recently. <laughs> and then Kyle says, "Deal with it." And right? now is nominated for Best Picture. Is it really? <laughs> is it? Is it really? <laughs> it is. Oh, good God! All right. Anyway, Tracy says all of our criticism of Arrival holds up if you listen to what we said. And I said it was a good movie, so get off my back. (laughs) (laughs) Deal with it. Deal with it. All right. Tracy says, most recent film to rock my world. The idea of being able to experience time non-linearly, experiencing it seamlessly with no distinct beginning, middle, or end, fascinating, has a profound effect on happiness. For example, the loss of a loved one, not as devastating because in the blink of an eye, you are able to return to your time when they were still there. That's a great analysis. All right, Tracy. I like that. Very good. We'll get yeah. you in the studio soon, Tracy. That kind of insight, you got to uh, be here. All absolutely. right, what do you got, Kyle? Excellent. Uh, movies that I enjoyed. Well, one that's on my list that changed my life. It changed my life. Good, bad, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, is one that Jen actually proposed as well, which is the Bond films. The Bond films changed my life because there were so many of them, and they spanned history. And I was like, what in the hell is going on here? Everybody loves these movies. 
I watched one of the newer ones, and I, like Jen, when I was younger, wanted to be a spy. I had all these spy <laughs> gadgets. I had cameras. I wanted to, like, be in the know about stuff. And Bond just seems like, you know, the guy that travels the world and meets all the people. And, of course, there's all the terrible aspects of James Bond. But when you watch the movies, especially when you want to be a spy, you can't help <laughs> but just be invested in it. So I watched all of them, and saw the changes throughout history and gained a lot of insight through watching Bond, especially uh, about all of the terrible, sexist, horrible things that uh, that women have faced over the years and watching, uh, watching good old Sean Connery smack girls in the butt while they walk by on screen because he's such a good guy. Do your voice. Oh, you know, smack their butts there when they walk by. Yeah, because that's what I do, John Connery. Anyway, uh, so Bond changed my life in a lot of ways. Uh, but some other good ones I will rattle off really quick. Whiplash. I mentioned this before. Movie about a jazz musician. And it's one of those movies where when you watch it, it kind of affirms your beliefs on something. And that was, like, I don't know if I could take the pressure of being, like, a professional blank artist musician and i watched whiplash and i'd been removed from that scene for a while and it was just a confirming feeling for me to watch that and be like i had i i knew everything i was right about everything i knew i wouldn't be able to take that and i know that that's what it's like out there and so whiplash played a uh, special role in my my life and i only saw it recently too so wow pretty interesting what do you got Give me oh some well yours. um it's funny kyle because <clears throat> I um, spent so much time gathering data. <laughs> you got like one <laughs> that I didn't. I was. I didn't have time to be honest with you to do a serious reflection. That That's you've okay. Done. I just and have so a couple. Mine are kind of like lighthearted and funny. I'll, I'll sure. throw a couple at you. Uh, first on my list is Superman Two. Interesting. Why? For a very specific scene. Remember when Superman decides to uh, give up his powers? Mm-hmm. And then he gets bullied in that cafe, and yep. the guy beats him up. It's a great scene. Oh, it, it like devastated me as a little kid mm-hmm. to see Superman, Christopher Reeve, get taken down like that. And then, of course, at the end, he gets his powers back, and he stands up for himself, and then he's Superman again, so it's comical, and he beats the guy down and all that. But to watch a hero become vulnerable, and he in that movie, he gets bloodied. And every, oh, mm-hmm. You it's a great, it's traumatic. Oh, it's yeah. a great movie. Have you watched the uh, the director's cut of yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. And so I I just remember the feeling of like watching Superman bleed on screen uh-huh. and having some everyday schlep just just punch him in the face in a, in a diner like an everyday. Oh, it was terrible. All right, so Superman two. Next up, um, the original Transformers, the animated one. The animated one from the eighties. Whoa! Why? Why? Again, for a very specific reason. They cursed in it twice. Ooh, imagine, really? imagine you spend your your childhood years watching something every Saturday morning. Transformers, and then you see it on the big screen. So first of all, you're blown away by the big screen, uh-huh. and the quality of the animations just tuned up a little bit. So is the sound effects, everything, the soundtrack. You got to touch and all that shit. Uh-huh. And they cursed in the movie twice. So my my reality of like kid stuff exists in this little realm, and adult stuff such as language yeah. and content. They they merged for a second there. A transformer cursed on screen said, "Oh shit!" <laughs> and then later on, damn it! Wow, so you know what is crazy? You just away. brought back a memory that I have too. Uh-huh. Of and I'm starting to see where some of our parents might have struggled with this. Jen, your parents and my parents, the movie Big with Tom Tom Hanks. Yep. Rated PG. And yet. And right towards the end of it. 
they drop a solid F-bomb. Just boom. Oh, do they? Yeah. I thought you were going to mention that he is like a kid trapped in an adult body and he... Does weird shit. With... with <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> it's been a little too sexual in this one. Sexuality aside, which yeah. might have been lost on me at the time, when that one... Uh, when his like young friend is looking at him and it's just like, why the fuck? Or whatever. Oh. I was just like, wait, what? I was Because it was exactly what you were saying. I was absolutely not expecting it the whole movie is like geared totally differently and then just boom it just drops in there well something similar exists in a lot of 80s movies like that like i think Mm -hmm. ghostbusters is is pg or pg-13 there wasn't even like smoke on screen and they Mm -hmm. curse and they get there wasn't even like a pg-13 during a lot of times when like it was only recently that that came into effect so a lot of these movies were like is it r no it's not r they just say fuck whatever and so (laughs) then you go back to the library and you're like big pg ah that's fine for my kids you know yeah and then yeah all right kyle i got a couple more hit it uh i mentioned the original transformers (laughs) because a transformer curses and that blew my mind and then fast forward what like probably close to 30 years and then Michael Bay makes the first Transformers movie fast and, forward <laughs> and this is how I know that I'm a movie cynic at this point hey, and I started like I started seeking out critical reviews of movies for the vocab and the language to mm. define them because I went to go see the live action Transformers and within minutes of being in the theater and everybody was cheering and loving it I was like this is garbage <laughs> how can I be the only one in the theater who thinks this is total garbage so I I felt alone. I feel like, wow, I, I really am different. Like, most of society is fucking dumb. <laughs> to quote George Carlin, people are fucking dumb, you know? <laughs> and so that was life-changing for me because, like, now I, I don't align with pop culture taste very much anymore. You know what I mean? Like, not uh-huh. at all. Yeah. Because even you like the original Transformers from Michael Bay. Is it a good movie? <laughs> no. It's no. not a great movie. Was it enjoyable? Absolutely. All right, last one on my list, Kyle. Last one, I got to say, the comic value is too good. Titanic. Because I think I mentioned on the podcast before that I had a girlfriend in college who for like years, all we did every fucking weekend was watch that double VHS tape. Double VHS. So you want to talk about life changing? Yeah, it robbed like entire weekends of my life for mm-hmm. months at a time. Oh, I wish I could. Been there, man. Exact same story. <laughs> Except I was the one that bought it. <laughs> oh there my you God. Go. Changed double, my life. It subtracted, subtracted so many hours and days from my life, that damn movie. I all right. I only watched it a couple of times. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna rattle off my All list right, here. You, you, can, you can probably know most of the reasons why. Blade Runner. It's just one of my favorite movies ever. Nice. The Sting. It's the first time I saw Paul Newman and Robert Redford on screen ever. Wow. And they were some of the greatest actors and I've ever seen. You love that movie. I sure do. Uh, Casablanca. Same reason. It was just watching an icon on screen and being like, "Holy shit!" I wasn't in the know until now, and just knowing how good that is. Hamlet. The Kenneth Branagh version that he directed and starred in and is four and a half hours long. Why? Because I fucking love Kenneth Branagh and I just think that he can do no wrong. And that was just such an amazing... To see one person get such a grasp, I'm sure that Shakespeare people will erupt into anger and probably think there's other... The Lord's Olivier and everything. But his dedication, (laughs) word for word from the script, it's it's great. I love it. Um, In the Heat of the Night a movie from the 60s about a cop that goes down to investigate a murder in the South and has to work uh, within the, I think it's Alabama, within the racial confines of, like, early racist Alabama and uh, has to work with, like, the white police chief guy that's there. Brilliant movie. Sidney Poitier's in it. It's wonderful. Um, If you haven't seen it, watch it. 
the right stuff in Apollo 13 made me want to be an astronaut. The right stuff, especially because it was uh, a lot of the focus was on John Glenn, who was like hometown hero, you know, lived down the street from my grandparents. That's like, it was crazy. Nice. Uh, Born on the 4th of July and Chinatown and Touch of Evil all fall into a category of my, my, exactly what Josh was talking about, my break in reality and understanding that the world is super fucked up and, uh, Born on the 4th of July was one of my introductions to a great Tom Cruise role. And Chinatown with Jack Nicholson. It's a movie where nothing goes well and everything ends horribly. And and that's just it, you know. Life lesson, secret of Nim, crushed under the rock. The world sucks sometimes and is unfair. It treats people like shit. And sometimes you get exposed to it in interesting ways and places and... That was that for me. Wow, what a list. Fucking A. And The Godfather. Why? Because uh, Al Pacino is incredible. And that's the, why. The, the micro-acting. The micro-acting. I was going to say it, but I was going to let you say it. I remember. I remember the micro-acting. That's my list. Jesus, Kyle. Some life-changing movies. Wow. For better and for worse. Oh, my last one. I'll end. Annie Hall. Why? Because you don't like it. Because I realized I fucking hate Woody Allen. <laughs> and with that... We are out of time. <laughs> Woo. Thank you all so much for listening. We're going to revisit this. We didn't get a chance to get to everybody's. Mm-mm. Tried to grab a, a good portion of them, but we're going to talk about this again. More life-changing movies. Send us your life-changing movies. Loud on the set at gmail.com. I know you have them. Send them to us. We are Loud on the Set with Kyle and James. You can find us on YouTube and iTunes. Anywhere you can find podcasts, we are there. Well, I hope that you have some good experiences with life-changing movies go reaffirm some of those good emotions and feelings and reflect watch some good films and have a great time see you later and cut